Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. Late. Late. 12.15 or so here on Friday morning, January 27th. You're joining me, Kirk Henderson, editor of Mavs Money Ball for a hopefully fun and perhaps brief episode of Mavs Party. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks just uh, held on and and really stuck it to a Phoenix Suns team that's a little injury-laden themselves, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care because Dallas Mavericks lost Luka Doncic three minutes in. Team really uh, showed something tonight, really fun, particularly after that D.C. loss. Spencer Dinwiddie coming up huge, shooting the ball uh, impossibly well. Really fun to see him attack. And, you know, to... I don't want to say take advantage of situations. Frankly, when he's been the lone point guard on the court at times this year, he hasn't had the best of games. And it was great to see him really just go at the Suns. I I had a great time. Um, just great radio. Um, so, yeah, let's hang out for a few minutes and maybe call it early. Coming up first, my man Ru- Oh man, great win tonight, man. I can't I can't believe it. I thought we almost uh freed through our way out of it, but um with uh Reggie missing that second one. Man, but how cool was it to see Dwight Powell just embarrass DeAndre Ayton? Really love to see that one. Oh my god. I, mean, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, really. <laughs> I think if if I think Powell was going to fall out of bounds just due to because he's coming across from the other sideline because it wasn't that like Aiton um I'm sorry Powell wasn't Aiton's man to block out he was on the other side so Aiton's like running across the court trying to get it because I don't remember who was doing the other box out and I think Powell just might like how often do we just see Powell fall over so it's like like I think if he hadn't uh, uh of if he just would have let it go Powell might have fallen out of bounds, and they might have gotten a, a different look at it. But instead, Powell gets fouled, goes to the line, sinks two free throws, and puts the game out of touch. That was that was wild. Clutch free throws. And when they called the foul, I thought they called it on Powell to lose oh. But I'm like, wait, what? And then they, like, then I saw Aiden's reaction. I'm like, bro, you literally pushed him out of bounds, and we saw that. But uh, I'm not going to be long. Um, I just love the pace we play with. I, I know it's – I know Luca likes to take his time, but even the guys during halftime, like, you know, I would like to see maybe a first quarter where, you know, Luca isn't the main ball handler, but I would love him without the ball to actually move sure. and cut early in the game. Josh I'm, and I just li- talked about this for like 15 minutes on our recap show because it, it you can't have Luca out there doing nothing because at this point it's scouted. that It's like, okay, if Luca doesn't have the ball and he's not run, running down to like the mid post, if you see him with his hands on his knees, he's not getting the ball. Exactly. And that's why I just throw a new wrinkle at him. And pretty much tonight was a new wrinkle is, you know, we didn't want it to be a new wrinkle with him injuring his ankle. But just he doesn't even have to do that much because he wherever he goes, the whole team is focused on him is which like maybe Spence can do more of this what he did tonight. By, you know, just Lucas simply moving to one side of the court to the other side sometime. But um, I love the game. I love the energy. Um, and I just hope we can play with that pace. And I hope Luca isn't out for too long. But great game. Go Mavs. Let's go. Let's go, people. Um, let's let some trades go too, Nico. Come on. Let's go. Right. All right. <laughs> Have Thanks a good night. Thanks for getting us started. Uh, 
it's uh you know we might not be in here very long just because we may not have very many people that got something to say i i i will say it was um it's just I'm I'm not sure what to take away from this against like because against like the Jazz for example Jazz run a lot more Jazz are a much better offensive team but it was nice to see Dallas just pushing the ball a little more I will say I was really really pleased with the effort of like Dorian Finney-Smith I think that might have been Dorian's best game in a long 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 time he has not looked particularly good on defense this year Dorian really came ready to play. I was I was very was very very pleased. Um, all right, so coming up next, let's go with my man Micah. How you doing, Micah? Hey, Kirk. How you doing, man? Hey, win. I like wins. Wins are good. Uh, wins are good. Surprising. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely learning that. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Aiden is not him. Quite. Glad we don't got a root for that guy. He he has everything that you would want except for it all coming together in a way that makes sense. Right. No, he he is not a $33 million center. I'm sorry. He's just not. I, so part of me, not to defend the guy, because I kind of like how soft he is. It's good for the Mavericks. But he didn't want to go back there. The Suns didn't want him. Like there's, it's a real marriage of convenience going on right now in Phoenix, and it makes me wonder if he just gets a different chance if he's a different guy. Now, I will say, game, game. To I'm, go- I'm wondering if that's part of it. Like, if it's just like the effort's not there because he don't want to be there. Like, part of me wonders if that if that's playing a part. Well, he's got to stop being so damn soft with these eight-foot jumpers. He was getting guarded by Dorian, Reggie Bullock, and Dwight Powell. And to shoot six of 20 is embarrassing. Exactly. It is. Against those guys. I mean, look, I like these guys on our team, but they ain't that. No. It's just like I was talking about, like, um, like we looking back at the game when we played Miami, like, I was thinking the same thing when, against Bam, like, Bam, like, gee, Dwight's okay, but how are you not taking advantage? I, and you can put up with that when, because he's somewhere in DPOY conversations, but if you're not in those conversations, you've got to be able to take advantage of somebody that's smaller than you. Well, Harola Bob Vulgaris was tweeting a little bit about this during the game and talking about how odd it was that the Suns really went out of their way to get both him and Biombo post touches. And to an extent you understand why when they're going to get but it's just how many how many times do you need like that's a lot of missed shots for a seven foot guy. I just fourteen misses is really uncomfortably weird. So, what else did you see tonight? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, man, Spencer is just, he, he took over, like, I mean, to come off of, like, that situation, I was happy for him to be able to do that. That was a, that was a great game for him. I mean, 36, 9, and 6, I'll take it. So, before Wait. in the middle of the game... I tweeted that, well, not middle. Spencer had shot four from five from three at this point. And so this is his, so before he came to Dallas, so his time in in Detroit briefly, 
his long period of time in Brooklyn, and his time in D.C. He shot 5'11 for 1,612 from three. That's just under 32%. In his time with Dallas, he has made 169 threes and shot 415 which is just, or 416, which is just under 41%. That kind of swing is ridiculous. I just don't know what to do with those numbers because what, you know, what it tells me is that once he tore his ACL and he's in rehab, he just basically, once he was good, once he was good enough, he just worked on his shot. Because even, you know, somebody, uh, a Brooklyn Nets writer told me he used to have to take really bad end of shot clock threes, which is, you know, that, that will, but how much of that, that can't be, you know, 400 shots of his three-point attempts. I mean, almost a 9% raise is, that just doesn't happen. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith did it when he went from 30 to 38, but he was playing with Luca on wide open shots. Spencer's not getting the most, like tonight was a great example. Some of the shots he was making were just tough man shots, yeah. you know? You there, Micah? There we go. Yeah. He, he yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's just he's found a rhythm since he's been here. Uh, I mean, it's unexplainable to to jump like eight percent, like to be in that stage stage of his career to jump like eight percentage points from three is that's that's insane. It's um the only way I can explain it is just being able to be in a rhythm with where he's not take, having to take so many wild shots. Like, he has more catch-and-shoot opportunities, but then that has a more rhythm. It's great. It's great stuff. Well, thanks for well, hanging out with us tonight, man. Like, how I did it. Yeah, thank you. No, hey, no, if you got something else, keep going. Oh, yeah. No, it's, um, I was just going to say, it's, it's almost like Jaden Hardy. Um when he started off with G League at night, like doesn't mean like he's supposed to be a top five prospect, and he failed because of his efficiency because he was having to create every shot for himself. Yeah, and not getting catch and shoot opportunities. That's a that's I that's a that's a fun comparison point. Thank you for that, man. All right, well we'll talk soon. Okay. All right, let's see what's going on in the chat before I bring up my man Brent to to close things. Um, Ethan asks, can can we get Zach Levine without Spencer in the trade is the question. The answer there is no. Also, Zach Levine has made it like largely insanely loudly known that he wants to go play with the Lakers and LeBron in specific. So I don't, I don't think that the Mavericks will be in on that one. I also don't know if you want it because if you were to go look at uh, his performance the past several games, he's in the middle of a quite the meltdown though. I understand how good of a player he is. All right. Um, let's see who else we have out there. Okay. Brent, how you doing, Brent? Thanks for waiting. No worries. Uh, the Lakers can have Levine as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read that. Uh... You muted yourself. Give you a second here. All right. Sorry about that. That's all right. I read that Matt Ashiba's purchase of the Suns is about to be ratified right before the trade deadline. Interesting. Do you, because even though he's been suspended, Sarver has been in control mm-hmm. of money decisions until that takes place. So 
I can't remember. I know there was a moratorium on trading Aiton. Is that does that run out a year after he signed the contract, or is it before the deadline? Because as soon as they can move him, he's gone. I don't know. It's a really good question. Yeah, I think I, I think I wrote about that in the the Phoenix offseason like preview, and I, I just can't remember off the top of my head where that line in the sand is. But it's just asset management for them to match the Indiana offer. They that bridge is already burned. Question because Google is all powerful and I, I should have gone yes. to chat GPT. So he can be traded as of right now. He has full veto power and and for a trade over up to a full year into when he signed his contract. So well, if he doesn't want to go somewhere, he doesn't have to. Yes, yeah, so they would have to accommodate him, and you would think they would be motivated to do so because that's just it just looks bad. Um, this this was an interesting game. A hell of a lot of fun to watch. It's one of those wins, you know, as we talk about savoring the season. This is one that we should really enjoy. You watch the body language and, and the facial expressions of players on both sides. And you got a little window into this with the Bridges technical where he was, yep. you know, giving it to the Dallas bench. There is bad blood, you know, from the playoff series and and having Luca out of the game removed the, you know, we don't have Booker excuse. And I think changed the dynamic here from potentially having Luca destroy them again to, okay, let's see who's really better with both of our best scorers off the table. And uh, that, that changes the vibe, right. Of what kind of matchup it is for the players. So you can see our guys fist pumping and, and uh, can I get really uh, getting after it in a way that um, I haven't seen a lot. You know, this wasn't just another road game. This was, this meant something to our guys uh, more than just your average game. I think that's true. And had they collapsed and they were, you know, collapsed isn't teetering on that. You know, it's, it's, I keep coming back to like two more made eight and shots and this is a different ball game, but I don't really care because they needed a win like this. They needed something that was to, to, you know, it's it's not their first win without Luka Doncic. They still are winless when Luka doesn't play, period. But this has to be really right. big for them moving forward. Now, I kind of looked ahead at the schedule talking with Josh here, and, and Utah is, you know, Utah's fallen below the Mavericks in the standings. I mean, the Mavericks are now bumped up to, well, they're still number six right now. Um, but the Jazz are... They're 25 and 26. Like they're a game and a half behind Dallas and they have a very good home record. They're, they're 16 and nine. And so it's for Dallas to go in and get a win and Utah would be pretty important. And also just, it's going to be hard. Like I, I think that, that there's probably, you know, what Dallas did tonight, they still needed, you know, 30, how many points from Spencer? 36 from Spencer in a game where they scored 99, like the offense was still really tough to come by for Dallas. And if they're going to get wins while Luca's out, and I expect Luca to miss at least one game, if not two, if not three, because, you know, it's a big man and ankle sprains really change how his game plays. So, you know, if, if they're to come out of this, you know, stretch without Luca and they can win half their games, I think that'd be nice. How long do you think we're looking? I mean, is this uh, just the Utah game, or do you think it extends beyond that? I mean, ankles are a funny thing. I mean, we watched Dirk have a lot of ankle problems early in his career. We watched Steph Curry have ankle problems. I'm the kind of guy where I, I sprain my ankle while walking the dog, 
and then I can go run <laughs> later. Like my ankles are just kind of rubbery. And the way his looked was not particularly good. But anytime you see a six foot eight, 240 pound man put that much pressure on a joint that doesn't bend that way, it's ugly. It's ugly. So it's, it's just, it's hard to say. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie gave a good quote here. Where's Callie? Callie Kaplan wrote another good post. She's out there on the road with the Mavericks. Um, she had, she, she just basically got a quote from Spencer. It ain't no cause where we're like, Oh no, we're about to go on a 10 game stretch without LD. He's going to heal up nicely. He's a young kid. Although he likes to think he's old, he's not. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a question of what they can get away with. I mean, the news about, um, Christian Wood is a little more painful because I think everyone had hoped he might be able to either come back and try to like play through the pain, but he's not going to get reevaluated for at least another week. And that's, that's two to three more games. So to be without your top two scorers, it really does kind of put them almost in not quite the, the COVID stretch of last year's schedule, but this is a, a challenging stretch. You know, can you, play defense because Luca and Christian aren't going to be there to bail them out on offense. Well, can, can, can someone else hit shots? You know, Tim Hardaway, kind of a struggle bus game, shooting the ball. That's, that is what it is. Bullock with a pretty poor game of shooting, you know, Dorian played nice game here. The one guy who I would like to see actually take some more friggin' shots is Josh green. So yeah, he was three of eight from the floor tonight. And I think you and I were talking about this during the game in his in his want to do the right thing on offense, Josh Green will sometimes put the ball on the floor when a wide-open shot is right there. And I am a fan of his attacking right now, but I just – I wouldn't mind him just taking the open shot sometimes. It's – he – him, you know, nine points, 32 minutes, just fine, you know, but with, with the sort of scoring distribution the Mavericks are going to need – if Luca's not there to score his 25, Spencer can't you can't expect Spencer to score 30. Spencer's pro he's a, he's an 18 to 25 point a game guy when he gets the ball a ton. They just need a little bit more from other people, which would mean Hardy maybe hitting a shot or two, Josh Green hitting a shot or two. I don't want to see Frank Nilakina play basketball anymore. Uh, you know, Davis Bertans cannot play 10 minutes and do nothing. Like they just they need a, a few more contributions to have a chance in these games, you know. That traffic cone layup that he gave Chris Paul is pretty brutal. Guys <laughs> like, and and then they immediately doubled Chris Paul the very next time down. Like we don't want to see a repeat of that mess. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen over these next few games, but I think it has a lot to do with. Uh, the, the teams that are bunched up with the Mavericks uh, are, are going to hopefully separate and get some clarity, including the Jazz. You know, do the Jazz go on a little winning streak and think they might want to do something? Uh, or do they start allocating minutes in a way that, you know, kind of covertly uh, sabotages their prospects and, and uh, maybe they trade off some pieces? It's going to be really interesting to see what they're going to do because I thought they would have gotten rid of more than they did in the offseason. Well, here we are. We're two games above 500, which is significantly better than being exactly 500 because I wasn't looking forward to um, having another mat. Like, I, I got a lot of grief. Uh, I had one. Let me go see if I can find the guy's name. I really, 
had a delightful conversation with him. My, it was a, a guy, uh, uh, Davis Ray sent me a, a message yesterday where he's basically like, he's like, you got to chill out of the negativity. And I was, I just told him, I was like, I was like, I, I am who I am. You know, I, I can't help myself. And the Mavericks are giving me pl- pretty good reason to be pissy. And I was, I was glad to not be frustrated tonight. Um, I will tell you that much. You know, I, I realized that I, I, this isn't going to ring maybe accurate to a lot of people, but I've never, and I've felt this way before I started writing for the site. I've never perceived you. You perceive yourself more negatively than I perceive you. I think that you look at things pragmatically. You're not hesitant to call things that are positives or that you enjoy. You'll say that, but when things frustrate you, it's, it's this reservoir that is built up over time of decisions that, that kind of uh, tether to each other. And that's, that's where a lot of this comes from and spills out maybe disproportionately when you have a game like we did the other night with Washington that we should not have lost. But it's not like you start these shows just looking for reasons to tear the team down. Oh, of course not. And Spencer's quote, I will stick to this. I have a screenshot of how his two-minute-long LeBron James sort of like just soliloquy that goes all over the place and doesn't take any responsibility. I I was right. I don't care. He talked too much and just needs to play better defense. Like that's not offensive, but I will say that like when I get really mad and I curse a lot, I do get that. So, but I, I, I always, well, I, I bring that I up say- I bring up Davis's comments because I want, I always enjoy fan fan feedback because what I always tell people is that my comment is really, you know, if we want to get into like differing levels of expertise, that's fine. But you know what? Basketball is always basketball. We can always talk hoop. Uh, you know, sometimes we will simply have to agree to disagree on items. And that's, that's fine. I like talking to people on this. You know, I, I have strived for a long time. You know, the only thing I don't like is when people question my fandom because of criticism. That shit sends me off one, and I just can't help myself. Um, but yeah. in, in terms of everything else, it's just, you know, the, this team has is, is been wildly weird to cover yet again. There's not been, thus far this season, there's not been a consistent stretch where you really, you know, we had fun in that seven-game win streak. It was a lot of fun, but it was not comfortable. It, there was not, there's not yet been that point in the season when we can look and go, Oh, this is who these Mavericks are. This is who they're going to be. I still don't know. And that is at once kind of cool, but also really wild because it's the 50th game of the season. Well, the back, what, two-thirds, certainly the back half of last year, they were on cruise control. Yes, they won a lot of close games, but they won a lot of close games against really good teams. The seven-game win streak and other wins that they put together this year – yeah, you can point to some exceptions, but there are a lot of cases of having to gut out with a lot of Luka Hero ball. I know that's not always what we call it, but in effect, that's what it is a lot of times where he takes over games because he senses that he has to, to beat mediocre to bad teams. And that's why that seven-game winning streak felt well, a little bit anticlimactic because a lot of those games that were dramatic shouldn't have been on paper. And that's what has left us you know, kind of scratching our heads because – um, it it did, hasn't always felt like wins from last year that, that felt more assured. And, and maybe that really is the defense thing. And as far as Spencer's defense goes, I agree with you. 
in the abstract, but you've got to remember what we said about a week ago. He is this year's Dorian Finney-Smith in terms of exposure to just a heap and uh, portion of, of minutes. That, right. uh, minutes are a big deal. You're right. He has never played this much. You go look at his year-to-year stats and then what he's averaging per game this year. I think it's more than 10 minutes higher this year than he's ever played before. And that's a function of Brunson not being here and never being replaced. He's been a real so, Iron Man. He's been a real Iron Man because he hasn't missed games either. And that's, you know, I, I, there's been a significant, this is the time of year where you start to see a lot of conversation about rest and whatnot, where it's like Paul George has missed 16 of the Clippers 50 games. Like you just, it's, it's hard and so, like, the longevity and what Spencer does in terms of that regard is extremely important because as much as he might frustrate me as a player individually, he's also incredibly important to what they do. So Yes, and uh, incredibly huge tonight. I think that for as, as many times as people might say that, that our site or the show or you in particular is negative or unduly negative, I don't think that you'll – um, shy away from saying that Spencer was spectacular tonight, oh, and we will take it because we needed it. Well, and they're going to need it again against Utah, and I, I suspect, I don't know. There's, there's. I think he really relishes the role in, in in doing this in small doses. He probably doesn't have the juice to do it every night, but it wouldn't. It really wouldn't shock me if, let's just say, Luca misses these next two games, we get another similar performance in one of these two. You know, particularly maybe against Detroit. So. All right, man. Yeah, Thanks for being awesome. out. Take care. All right, everybody. Good times. Noodle salad. Thanks for hanging out with me. Just so everybody knows, there's a really good chance I don't do a show Saturday night. I got to drive up to Kansas City to see my folks. And my mom will probably watch the Mavs, but I don't know if they will really want me to be hanging out and yelling on a live show at the middle of the night. But Obviously, good stuff up in Mavs Moneyball. Brent, just uh, who is just up here at a nice post today about the trade deadline that I think is worth reading. We updated our rumors post a little bit, but, you know, this is, is nuts. I mean, Mark Stein just dropped his kind of most recent thing. Um, this isn't breaking news because he didn't really have anything to say uh, that was, like, interesting about the Mavs other than, um, you know, the Mavericks are going to have to continue to move, uh, consider moving wood if they can't come to terms on an extension. But that's nothing new that we didn't already know. Um, yeah, everybody uh, have a good Friday. And if we don't talk on Saturday night, we'll definitely talk on, uh, I guess it's Monday night. So everybody have a good day. Talk soon. Go Mavs.